espionage, sabotage, and subversion. Unhinged but prominent themes of scientific advancement in history. Many times these acts are pushed by financial gain, government and industry agendas, or fame. But what about times where these heinous acts and disrespect towards other scientists are purely for revenge on a fallen friendship? O.C. Marsh or Athenial Charles Marsh and E.D. Cope, Edward Drinker Cope, are two archaeologists whose fallen friendship led to some of the biggest discoveries related to dinosaurs. I'm Anna. I'm Alexandria. And this is The Tea and STEM. Marsh was born October 29, 1831, in New York on a family farm. Despite his father's dream for Marsh to inherit the family farm, Marsh had bigger plans for himself. Seeing the scientific passion in Marsh, his rich uncle supported him, both financially and emotionally, to leave the farm and go to school. After graduating from Yale in 1862, Marsh decided to pursue a farther education in Germany to study natural history. Nine years after Marsh was born, a few states over, Cope was born on July 28, 1840, to a very wealthy family in Pennsylvania. Cope immediately took a liking to natural history and quickly began studying natural science at a young age. By the age of 18, Cope had published his first article at the Academy of Natural Sciences, and in 1863, to avoid a draft into the Civil War, Cope's family sent him to Germany to farther his studies of natural history. This is where our two best friends meet, mm-hmm. in Germany to study natural history, in 1863. The two met, and the most unlikely friendship formed. Beyond their vastly different upbringing, Cope coming from a wealthy family, and Marsh coming from a farm town, they had different types of education, which from an outside perspective did not clash. Cope even though he was from a wealthy family, did not have any formal schooling past the age of 16. However, with his experience and connections, was able to have extensive experience working at the Academy of Natural Sciences and wrote 37 published scientific papers on natural history. Whereas Marsh had to work a lot harder at his education, he ended up holding two degrees, but had only published two papers. And here they both are at the same school down the road. So we have experience versus education, poor background versus rich background, but they've become best friends. Reports from people at the time who noted the friends and were in school with them said that they quickly became friends, that Marsh arrived a little bit before Cope did to the school ground mm-hmm. and ended up kind of taking Cope under his wing to show him the city and take him out on the town, you know, college stuff. And they actually stayed together for multiple days just hanging out. Cool. However, after studying in Germany came to a close and both moved back to the United States, they maintained a long-distance friendship and even dedicated new discoveries to each other. Cope named a new amphibian he found after Marsh, the Pythonius Marshy. (laughs) And then Marsh, in return, named a new serpent after his buddy called the Moserius Copanus. After Cope. <laughs> what are these, we going to name after each other? <laughs> right? The Anna. That's good enough. Just the, the Anna. Anna. The Alexis. I think there's a car named after that already. Oh, it's the Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> these gifts of friendship soon turned sour. So they were naming animals after each other that they were creating. And then in 1868, Cope decided to invite Marsh to a fossil quarry that Cope had been working on to discover new species, specifically dinosaurs. 
So he wanted to show Marsh around, give him some connections, maybe send him some stuff. And it was really a show of friendship. It wasn't like a show-off type thing. Sure. While there, Marsh bribed the staff to secretly send New Bones discoveries to him rather than ever showing them to Cope. So they would secretly put them in a box and ship them off, and then Marsh would discover them. That's messed up. Right? And this is to his best friend. Why would you do that? It's so much better to share discoveries together with your bestie than it is to secretly take all the fame and glory for yourself. Right? So everything I could find is this was that turning point in their relationship, but nothing talked about why, what happened in their friendship on a personal level to make this happen. Yeah, whether it was greed, financial, or if something happened between them. We don't know, but they went from being really, really close to Marsh doing this horrible thing and stealing bones. Obviously, Kate found out eventually, and this was heartbreaking for him and one of the biggest breaks in the friendship. In the same year, Cope was rushing to publish new findings on an extinct animal that he found a skeleton for. In his rush, he accidentally attached the head of the animal to the tail rather than to the neck and then put it on display at a museum. Oops. Oops. I really think that that, I don't know, I'm not an archaeologist. Maybe that's a really stupid mistake, but I can see in a rush, you're just like, here, throw it there, even if you know internally that that's not where it goes. I don't know, I, I I would laugh. This is all in the same year. Marsh goes on tour of the academy where the animal's on display. He points out the error and starts kind of making fun of it and telling it to all these other scientists and spreading rumors about it. So it spread and was confirmed by a bunch of other scientists. Cope tried to buy all the copies of the journal with his piece and his article written and quickly fixed the actual skeletal structure that was up at the museum, but the gossip had already begun to spread, mm-hmm. and Marsh was quickly making Cope look incompetent. Oh my gosh. So Marsh could have easily, you know, sent his buddy Cope a letter, hey, sorry I stole your bones, but I want to give you a heads up before this goes public. He didn't. He really pushed it in. Marsh doubled down during all this and wrote this in an article about Cope. When I informed Professor Cope of it, this head mistake, his wounded vanity received a shock from which it has never recovered, and he has since been my bitter enemy. So after he stole bones, and after he made fun of Cope, and Cope got, you know, hurt by it, and was trying to quickly redact all of his articles and rewrite them, Marsh came out and made fun of him. Basically called him vain, and saying that this was just like an ego problem that Cope had. So Marsh, in my eyes, is the villain here. But, you know, who knows? After this brutal public degradation, Cope did not give up. It was a setback, and it definitely hindered him being taken as seriously in the community, but it motivated him to be even more brutal and rushed to find as many bones as possible and write as many articles as he could. He moved west to untapped land to continue his search. They were on the East Coast, New Yorkish area. Mm-hmm. They started moving towards the West. He bought the American Naturalist Journal, so he bought the whole journal, and wrote 76 published paper and 1,400 articles. Mm. And through his search, the known number of dinosaurs jumped from a handful to more than 100. So he discovered 80-plus dinosaurs and wrote a bunch of articles about it. Nothing to get the motors rolling, like revenge there, huh? 
right? I do want to point out there's nothing that I found where during this time, Cope wrote anything negative about Marsh in return. He, right? He was just yeah. taking the high ground here. He took the high ground, just, he doubled down. Work. and just work. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to prove my worth in my work, not by talking. I like him. Marsh did not like this. He became paranoid and obsessed with making sure that his research met or exceeded all of Cope's. He used his connections to become chief paleontologist of the U.S. Geological Survey in Washington, D.C., which gave him access to all the federal funds and political power in regards to bone discovery and natural sciences. He used this to isolate Cope. He cut him off from all government funding. So Cope lost all his funding and he had to start to create his own. Didn't work out really well, but he tried the best he could to save up all his own money to keep finding bones. But obviously his discoveries kind of took a, a hit there. Yeah, Marsh got spies that he hired to join Cope's teams to report back any new findings so that Marsh could try to sabotage them and take them over as his own or steal the bones first. By 1890, Cope was alone. He had no funding. His wife and child left him because he was spending all his money trying to make up for the lack of government funding. But he had one thing left, his own personal bone collection. Over the years, there were a few bones that he discovered himself, pieces that he bought from the museum so that he could keep on his own instead of giving them back. And he was very attached to them. Marsh knew this and he hated Cope to no end. So he decided to take one final hit mm-hmm. and went after Cope's personal bone collection. He attempted to take it, claiming that they had been collected with federal funding and belonged to the government. However, Cope had evidence and receipts that he had paid for his own collection himself and that even though the government funded his searches, he would pay back whatever it was worth to keep a couple of the bones for himself. Yeah. And he had all the documentation showing that it was okay. So he ended up being able to keep the bones after a big legal battle. Oh my gosh, but how much did that battle cost? Right? This was the final straw. Cope finally decided, it is enough, I'm going to fight back. He spent years backtracking and collecting all the information about Marsh, about everywhere he's been, every single thing that he's dealt with, everything that Marsh has ever said and done, all of his staff figuring out who were spies and who weren't. He went back years. Okay. He collected tons of records of nefarious underhanded dealings and accusations of scientific improperty, of Marsh trying to steal stuff from him and doing things that just weren't okay. He went to a journalist and the New York Herald, which is a newspaper that he knew loved these types of scandals Mm -hmm. and would really get a big public battle going. Mm -hmm. And he started a public battle where both professors started firing accusations back and forth. Marsh was accused of corruption, incompetence, and misuse of funds, saying that he can't decide to just pull funds from Coke because he doesn't like him. Yeah. That's not fair. No, that's not fair. This led to a congressional investigation, which found this to actually be true, that he was using his scientific funds from the government to fund his hatred for Cope and all these spies and buying things out and blocking Cope, like doing silly things just to make it hard for him to get to his destinations. Mm -hmm. And that's where all this money was going. This led, unfortunately, to the complete demolishing of the Geological Survey Department. So it's, they had to remove him from office, but because of all the crazy stuff happening, all the funding being misused, and they couldn't recover that funding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they just couldn't afford it. They had to shut down the whole department. So the advancements of geological natural history, as far as the government's investment in it, stopped. I don't know if they have a new one now, but it did have to stop after this. All because this guy had some kind of random stick up his butt for no reason. No reason. That we know of. 
So along with the shutdown, the Mm -hmm. Smithsonian demanded that Marsh turn over all of his own fossil collection, which Mm -hmm. had actually been collected with scientific funding, and Marsh had no proof of receipts that he was allowed to Uh do So everyone's like, all right, Marsh, you're finally being called out. You're accusing Cope of everything you're actually doing. You better lie in it. So Mm -hmm. Cope ended up getting the last word. He got his revenge. The public scandal did end up ruining both of their lives. Mm -hmm. Um... Because that's what public scandals do. Yeah. But Marsh at least got put to rest where he wasn't going to be bothering Cope all the time. That's so, crazy. This all did leave Cope very broke. And with a bunch of fossils that he cared a lot about, but he was still very broke. Mm-hmm. He couldn't find anyone who could afford his fossil collection. And he ended up selling it for a fraction of his worth to the American Museum of Natural History. He sold all of his dinosaurs... For $32,000, which in today's money is a little over a million. But just for perspective, a single skeleton can run millions, a tooth in the thousands. And in 2002, so a more recent number comparison, uh-huh. a Gorgosaurus skeleton sold for $6.1 million. How do you say that? Gorgosaurus. <laughs> and Cope had 13,000 specimens that he sold in this $1 million deal. Jeez. Or one million of today's money, thirty-two thousand back then. So he should have gotten billions of dollars for this, as far as bone worth goes. Yep. But because of everything going on, nobody yeah. wanted to invest it. Yeah. So he sold it for the thirty-two k. A couple years later, became ill and died at fifty-six. See, it just it hurts the heart, man. It, it is terrible. Um, a few years later, in eighteen ninety-nine, at sixty-seven, Marsh then died of pneumonia. With just $186 in his bank account and leaving what was left of his collection to the Natural History Museum of Yale, which is about seven, a little under $7,000 in today's money. You should share your successes with the people that you love, and you shouldn't do things alone. Like, you can, obviously, you can do things alone, your own discoveries, find whatever. But man, it's so much better doing them with somebody. And they were so focused on fighting each other that they both ended up broke and dead. And alone. And miserable. Versus if they would have found some way to work together, they still probably would have come up with the same amount of specimens and been rich together. They both oh, would have been millionaires. That that's a life lesson story right there for, for anybody that's trying to seek independent glory on the back of somebody else. Yeah. Like, I'm going to push you down just so I can raise up higher. You know, that kind of vibe. Between the two men, though, they are known as the biggest advancements to dinosaur history. They discovered 26,000 specimens. That's crazy. Crazy in their lifetimes. and attracted attention from many scientists, and the recognition of what they left behind is uncomparable to any other scientists of discovering new specimens that has ever existed. They have exceeded beyond imagination. The drive there, you know, people always say revenge is a bigger drive than... Just straight passion because you get complacent and they did push each other, but at what cost? I don't know. I I understand like sometimes you want to prove yourself. That's a a drive, right? To someone who's done wrong, but revenge to be a bigger drive than than your own like personal motivation to be successful. Dang, I'm really trying to think that that that's that's not the way it is, but shit, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I can see Cope's side is they had a falling out. Marsh did some crappy stuff to him, and he said, "You know what? 
I'm going to be motivated to just be better than you. I'm going to be a better person than you. I'm not going right, to... Right, that's rising above it. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm just going to go do my own I'm thing. I'm going to rise above and prove to you and the world that I can do this amazing thing. I don't need you. Versus Marsh was just constantly trying to pull him down to jump over him. Yeah, and he just could never get the leap. So instead of leaping over him, he just kept pulling him down. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is... T- it's terrible, but also good. But that's how we found out about all our dinosaurs. So 